In this episode of 115 Miles, Josh and I take a deep dive into authenticity. We explore what it means to be authentic, why we sometimes hide our whole selves and tackle some of the consequences of being authentic in the workplace. We then look at some of the patterns that have been emerging in social and culture, particularly around work and politics. It's a great conversation and we hope you'll enjoy listening to it. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture and everything in between. Authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are. Brené Brown, the master. Um, so my question to you off of that quote is, what does it mean to be authentic to you? Uh, firstly, I love I, I love the quote. Uh, authenticity to me, I always take what Dr. Gabor Mate says, and actually I think it makes it very, very simple. At its simplest form, authenticity is understanding what I'm feeling, knowing what that feeling means and then being able to communicate that feeling within my relationships and my activities. And so, literally at its core, that's how I see authenticity when I'm able to convey who I am based on what I'm really feeling. Simple and, as that is, it's often complex to be able to do by the way. Well, that's where I was going to go next. Um, it's, it's great in theory, right? It's mm. great in theory and we can all read a quote and go, yeah, that's what it should be. But what gets in the way of it in real life? Uh, well, there's you can break that down in, in, in into categories. So there's, there's, there's the social factors in terms of who I'm mixing with and what I believe who I'm mixing with want me to be. There's the environmental factors of my whole life. So I believe lots of it comes from childhood and the way that we're conditioned into, into childhood. Um, I guess you would branch the kind of uh, gender stereotypes and all of that stuff under the under the the the, the societal factors and environmental factors, um, but then also kind of emotional factors as well and what I'm seeking emotionally and how that plays out. Um, so the reason it becomes tricky is because of my need for connection and my want to feel part of the world in which I exist in. And it's that that need um, that I believe causes the problem because of the information that we're fed throughout our lives. Does that make sense? Mm. It does, it does. Um, but I think, we, I think I wanna spend this episode unpacking authenticity, if you hadn't guessed already. Yes, <laughs> mate, um, I'm down, I am yeah, down. Yeah, I, I knew you'd like this one. Um, no, I think the reason the reason I wanted to talk about that today is because uh, because of uh, where we are in the world right now. And my, my feeling is that um, inauthenticity is at, uh, is at 
uh, like an all-time high, <laughs> right. you know. Um, there's a lot of inauthenticity, I think, in behaviors from the people that are governing countries, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at, say, all this stuff that's going on with Trump and his COVID and he's taking his mask off and he's trying to show that he's kind of strong and healthy uh, uh, through to kind of all the stuff that's going on in our own country and, you know, and several other countries, there's, you know, bipartisanship, all that sort of stuff. And then you've got, you know, you've got all this stuff that's going on uh, on social media, this projection of uh, perfection or a projection of, uh, you know, um, a certain way of life or the fact that you have to kind of dress up uh, like behind uh, where you are just so, you know, you can you can kind of show that, you, you know, um, your circumstances are different and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like there's a lot of inauthenticity going around at the moment and I just wanted to just talk about that yeah um today let me ask you a question and let's get into it you know that I love that quote and I'll say it again authenticity is the daily practice of letting go of who we think we're supposed to be and embracing who we are if you're not doing that does that mean you're lacking courage uh does it mean you're lacking courage? It could mean that you're lacking courage or it could mean that your courage is misplaced. So I think there's a, so uh, I think there's a lot to be said for misplaced courage in terms of looking at my own experience. When I look back at the, like, let's call it my past life and kind of who I used to be, I did lots of stuff that took a heck of a lot of courage, right? but it was misplaced courage because it was things that didn't serve me or the planet or the people that exist on the planet, right? So it was like, simply put, like bad stuff, but actually it took courage in a different way. So it was, it was heavily misplaced courage. So I think it takes a lot of effort to put on an act is what I'm trying to get at. So if you're hiding and you're pretending to be somebody else, you are you're normally fighting a battle so i think it would be unfair of me to say that you're lacking courage um but clearly based on that quote it would be misplaced courage does does that make sense uh not fully do you want to do, do you want to like expand a bit more on sort of misplaced courage because i think i think in some circumstances like you know um what you're talking about your, your own personal experiences mm. um now, I'm just curious about, um, uh, you know, what part courage plays in in being authentic. Well, look, there's a there's a huge amount of of vulnerability to um, expose who we are at our core, right? So um, when I'm putting on an act and trying to be a version of myself in order to get accepted. Um, I'm playing a game, I'm trying to be accepted and if I don't get accepted it means I've got it wrong and let me try something else. If I expose to you who I really am at my core and you reject me or you abandon me th th then I'm then I'm there's nowhere to go for me, right? So there's a huge um amount of risk that comes with being yourself. And by the way, when you start to be your true self, who that really is, 
you will upset people. There's going to be people that aren't going to like who you are because when you become who you, who you truly are, you can't be something for everyone. So mm. there's huge risk in being who you, who you truly are. And so there's huge, huge courage in being who you truly are. To bring it back to why I say misplaced courage is because I think a lot of people that are fighting internal battles and so showing up as somebody else, yeah, um, are normally hugely courageous, yeah, because they're fighting an everyday battle. So I think it would be unfair to say that they lack courage, which kind of actually highlights a point about authenticity and why we have to be a little bit careful when we push authenticity on people and say, you sh if you don't be your true self, then you're lacking authenticity because often... Uh, the characters in which these people are portraying is a is a is a is a survival mechanism. Okay, so you're ripping that survival mechanism away from them, and if they're not ready, there could be huge implications to that as well. Yeah. So look, I mean, I took I took I took uh, uh, one out of your playbook really, which is throwing in a, a, a question that I don't necessarily believe myself, right? Just to yeah. get us going in the conversation. Um, I, I I actually think it's. Uh, it is it's courageous to do whatever feels right in the moment for you and to, that protects you right so um i'm not saying that i uh you know encourage people to be inauthentic but sometimes um you have to put on a persona right um you know if say for example somebody is uh being abused um at home you know um that they have to put on a persona to get them through what they need to get through. Does that mean they're not being authentic or is that that they're surviving? So just to kind of, you know, to talk to your point. I also think that sometimes um, it's really difficult because you're trying to, you want to be authentic, but the environment around you does not enable you to be that way. Okay. So uh, we see a lot in work. We, we, we say, bring your, bring your whole self to work. Right. But then if you can't, uh, guarantee the conditions around you that will support and embrace that then people will get burnt and they will retreat and it will stop them from doing it again so i think there's kind of a, a wider societal thing that we have to look at in 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 what we mean by being authentic and what does it you know and what does it mean to kind of support people to be authentic I think there's a lot of marketing uh, jargon around authenticity that brands use about being authentic. And so it's kind of been a bit bastardized, the term. So it's a really, f f you know, you know, at Mavericks, we talk about being true hearted um, uh, and authentic and they sort of go hand in hand. So true hearted being like, you know, what really drives you from inside. Um, but I love the Brené Brown quote. I really think it's fantastic. A, a it's a daily practice. So it's a, it's a reaffirmation to yourself, you know, not to anyone else, but also it's to let go of what other people need you to be and to kind of um, embrace who we really are. And the, the, re the thing that got me started on this actually is, you know, n knowing that it was my week to kind of prepare our conversation was, um, you know, we started this podcast because we both felt that there was an element of ourselves that mm. we only really shared with each other, that there was an element of ourselves that we kept behind closed doors because of this professional persona that we have been creating in the outside world. And and at first, I think I've, I, I found it very difficult to be vulnerable, to be open, to talk about some things that I've really only talked about with, you know, with very close people. Um, 
But what I like is that through this experience, I think that, you know, the, the gap between my authentic self, the bit that I sort of kept private, and my public self, like my professional side, the work that I do uh, out in the world and all that stuff, I think that gap's narrowing. You know, mm. I don't think it's entirely disappeared. I know that there's a sort of a, a role that I have to play, uh, you know, you know, in terms of my, my, my work uh, that I do. But I definitely think that that, that, that uh, gap has reduced. And I think it's really because that we're having these conversations and it's like you can't hide, you know, you can't just pretend anymore not to have those views if you say it out. And I think, you know, the, the same probably can be said of you, right? You know, like we... We we both sort of felt that we needed to have these conversations and um, and and start to you know start to share a bit more of who we are. Yeah, and and in part by doing that, create a space for people to to feel comfortable to be able to do that themselves. To kind of bring, you've covered a lot there, and I was I loving everything that you were saying about authenticity, like um, in terms of being who you need to be in the moment. I think that's really important. And actually, before you kind of expanded on it in that way, um, I hadn't taken the power from the original quote that, that you said. And that is about being who I need to be in any given moment, right? Which is different to being what I said of that authenticity piece, which is exactly who I am and what I'm feeling, right? Um, I always say, there's days when I wouldn't get out of the house if I didn't dress myself up and become a version of who I am, right? Because there's some days when my sensitive levels are at such a height where I'm so overly sensitive where I just wouldn't leave the house. So I do have to, on those days, I have to tap into, a, I guess it's like a, the, the ego part of myself, right? In order to be able to almost build myself up to go and do and be who I need to be in that moment or in you know in that day um have you ever seen the um joe rogan podcast with guy ritchie uh i haven't seen it but i know the guy ritchie uh, uh i know the guy ritchie thing that you're about to refer to i think yeah the because the, the clip yeah where he there's mm. a the, the the bit that's clipped is where he talks about wearing his suits and he armor. talks about yeah. yeah putting on his suit of armor in the morning and yeah. that really yeah. really resonated with me right and like it resonates with me when, when I go and play football for example yeah when I put my kit on I have a, like a whole process that I go through where I am becoming a version of myself that's not me when I'm on the football pitch yeah it's not me you know and I do certain things I there's like really like stupid things like I roll my shorts up a bit right but that's like I'm rolling my shorts up I'm going to go into work type thing yeah so like that kind of expands on it and brings, you know, for me, brings to life what you were saying. And I just think it's so important for people to acknowledge that, that sometimes being your most authentic self is understanding that I can't be my most authentic self right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which which is do do what you need to do to to give yourself care in that moment, right? Exactly. So, so I, I really, I, yeah, I really like that, and actually, that sort of further expanded what I what I was meaning. Do you think? Um, tell me what you think about authenticity, like in social media at the moment. Like, what what are you seeing? What's that? What's that conjure for you when I say, uh, I believe there's a lack of authenticity in social media. 
But my first thought is that a lot of people, are, like authenticity is being talked about a lot more, right? So the fact that you're saying there's a lack of it at the moment doesn't doesn't add up, right? But but I agree with your statement that there's a lack of it. Uh, I think there's a lot of inauthentic t- attempts at being authentic at the moment, mm-hmm. particularly when we look at when we look at LinkedIn, which is you know the platform that we it's awful at the moment isn't it linkedin it's just yeah well it's become now um vulnerability has become a commodity that is being used now as a way of selling right your posts won't do very well on linkedin if they don't come with a hint of vulnerability the linkedin coaches across the platform uh, i mean i've never used one but I imagine if you had a call with them, the first thing they would do is tell you that you need to be more vulnerable online, which then makes it a commodity and something that we're then trying to do, right? And you and and you kind of see this a lot on there at the moment, people turning everyday experiences into a moment of vulnerability, you know, like a big long post of look how vulnerable I am. I'm talking about the fact that I had a lay-in this morning or something. Do you know what I mean? Something as innocuous as that. So there's like these real attempts to try and be it. And, you know, you've seen these, the, the other posts of, like, I don't know, I interviewed someone and, or then I walked past a homeless guy on the street and I thought I'm going to give him a chance. Now he's the CEO, that kind of shit. Yeah. Mm. Which is just like, uh, it's making vulnerability and authenticity, this commodity. Right. And, and, you know, there's no it lacks real conversations around it like we're having now. Yeah, Have I made I mean, sense there. Or just yeah, running? yeah. No, I think I think there's there's I think there's genuine authenticity. I'm not saying that there is. You know, it's in completely inauthentic. I think there's genuine authenticity on there. And and if people want to share certain things about their life, then it's up to them. You know, um, I think the thing I'm pointing to is the fakery stuff, like you just pointed out. You know, like it's really obvious that some of these stories just never happened <laughs> they yeah. never happened but and then you look at you look at like the like the engagement with it and people just buy it hook line and sinker because it it, it it tugs on some emotional heartstrings and but it's it's really obvious that it's not authentic and and i think i'm just seeing a lot more of it and i, I think it probably happens uh across you know across all social channels from sort of it starts in a particular place and then and then kind of it becomes Ma- you know popular by mass and then this stuff starts to come in so um i've seen it you know obviously a lot of, there's been a lot of chat about linkedin being a professional site a networking site and then you get a lot of people who actually give out to others about you know bringing personal stuff in i don't i don't care about that i, I quite like that it's been a bit more personalized um uh, but it's just really interesting that it's it's clear it's clearly a strategy for a lot of people to kind of you know post this stuff and i think it just perpetuates this um this feeling of inauthenticity that i'm seeing mm. um and creates hollow connection by the way it creates hollow connection because i do think the one thing just quickly before you go on to the next bit the one thing that what 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 we've talked about there does highlight is that particularly in the professional world right so let's just say for a second that LinkedIn is a reflection of that there is a yearning for a connection at that level there is it we can all we can all connect as our kind of uh, uh in our ego state right in our positive here's Josh the guy doing business da, 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 right well, I think we're quite comfortable 
at connecting on that level but there's a yearning right and I do believe there's a real yearning in that space to connect on that other level to connect with you as my vulnerable self to connect with you as that wounded part of myself that, that, that you know that is a risk to share with you the problem is is that that yearning then gets tapped into and kind of used and I think that's why it becomes frustrating to see when you see these posts that are clearly fake and then you see some other dude doing a version of the post but he's reworded it and do you know what I mean and then but it's preying on that on, on that yearning that is that is clearly there and then particularly when you look at LinkedIn because LinkedIn still has that if I like your post all of my connections see it mm. that's why it becomes so big on there because we tap into that and then there's a lack of an algorithm which then makes it like big bucks in terms of views and um, interaction. Yeah, I mean, I think I think LinkedIn has it, it has blown up as a social channel, really, because uh, there's sort of you know we spend so much time around the world of work, around kind of you know our professional side, and uh, it used to be quite separate, right? When Facebook and you know and Instagram had their had their roles to play around lifestyle, but it's just way more blended now. That's why you're probably seeing more of it. Yeah. Um, so it'd be really interesting to see how it sort of emerges, you know, in the next in the next sort of year or so. Um, do you think there are any consequences of being truly authentic? Like, let's say, for example, in the workplace. What consequences? Negative or positive consequences? Or negative first? Negative actually. is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the the the. If you become who you truly are in an environment um, that's not psychologically safe in that way, then you leave yourself hugely vulnerable. And, you know, any kind of wounding that you would have experienced in your life, and we've all experienced some, some of us to a, to, to a higher degree, when you expose that part of yourself, which is, if that's what we're saying, vulnerability is it within the question, right? Then... Um, you leave yourself hugely vulnerable. And there's bullies about, right? There's people that that, that are not gonna kind of connect with you in that way. And then it becomes, it becomes hugely dangerous. It does become dangerous because that's when emotionally people are leaving themselves exposed. So if the culture doesn't exist or isn't safe enough for you to be able to be who you truly are, then there's definitely consequences. But I don't know, what do, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's, you know, we're, like you said, you, talk, you talked about it right at the beginning. We're conditioned from the minute we're born to behave a certain way, right? We're conditioned mm -hmm. on what it means to be a, a, a well-behaved child versus a poorly behaved child. And sometimes we've talked about, sometimes you're just expressing yourself, but it's seen as, you know, um, it's seen as, you know, bad behavior, poor behavior or whatever. Um and then we're sort of conditioned in how we need to be through our educa education years, right? And I've talked a lot about the fact that I felt that maybe I, I was a, a, you know, a square peg in a round hole, you know, at, at school. Mm. Um, and so you're conditioned. And if you don't kind of fall into those norms, then you're sort of, uh, then you're disruptive or, you, you know, you, 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 you're, you're not kind of, you're falling behind. And then it's the same in the workplace. You know, you come in and you sort of, you fall in line. There's a hierarchy. You rise up the, you know, you rise up the, uh, um, 
the career ladder if you do this or do that if you kind of bite 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 your tongue and you know and you play this role or uh, if you uh, if you want to work in a particular industry, you have to be in a, a, a certain way. I you know I, I spent a lot of time in advertising, as you know, and you sort of felt like you always had to be a certain way in advertising. Um, you had to look a certain way. You had to have kind of you know had a certain level of experience. So all of that just feeds into this thing that you know I can't really be who I want to be, and um, and so you know. If, if you're really strong and if you have a lot of um, self-knowing, then you you can probably kind of figure your way out. I feel like I uh, I was, you know, I had lots of imposter syndrome about lots of things. I had a lot of inner critic about a lot of things, but then I had a lot of self-knowing about what was, you know, right for me. And I, I think I managed to carve a way out for me, myself, but not everybody can do that, right? And um, so... Um, you know there are there are times where people just you know they they kind of act in a particular way because um they feel like they have to but also there are other things attached to it like you know if you know if you've got to, you know earn a salary and you've got to pay for rent or your mortgage or uh you're trying to look after your family you know if that if if your environment is preventing you from being that way then you're going to do that. You're going to sometimes do that. So um, I do think sometimes there are consequences, like you say, if the environment doesn't support it. Um, but I also really strongly believe that we're now at a place in our society and life where it's really, really fundamental to uh, to, to to really work towards you know being your authentic self, however that needs to show up. So we've talked yeah. about there isn't one state of your authentic self. As we said, it's going to be different in different moments, but just really tapping into who you are, speaking your mind, um, you know, not letting, you know, louder voices crowd out your voice, um, uh, seeking support and help if you feel like you can't, you know, can't be authentic in the moment. I think it's really important to do that. Um, I spent a long time, honestly, a long time not, not posting my true thoughts on social media um mm. uh, and you know we've talked a lot about linkedin but that's probably my still my sort of preferred platform of communication because i thought oh well what what you know if i if i do say something what what if i offend a certain person or a, a certain client or they they read they read it wrong and you've got to stop thinking about that and you know and and, and invite people to come in and challenge you if they don't agree um or whatever but don't not you know say what you need to say or 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 do what you need to do um, so what what let me ask you what 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 changed what was it that changed that made you go do you know what actually i'm gonna start posting more authentically was it like what what brought that decision about uh, do you know i think it's a bit cliched but i think getting older you know, uh, def- for me helped, you know, I'm starting, you know, you know, as I was starting to approach 40, um, I was starting to just think differently and be less mm. concerned. Also, um, I think I, th- I felt more comfortable that, you know, you know, one of the things we talk about in our coaching is, is, uh, you know, you focus on the whole person, right? Mm. So instead of coaching a particular one, you know, myopic problem, you focus on the whole person. And uh, so I am a whole person. So even if I have one particular thing to say, I'm comfortable knowing that people won't 
pull me apart, my whole personality, because of one thing I might say or one thing I might do. And uh, so I started to kind of, you know, see myself more as a whole person. But I think, you know, predominantly, it's just caring less about what other people think of me. Um, and yeah. I spent a long time thinking about that. Yeah. I, I like what you say about the, the kind of whole person there as well, because there is like... And it's one thing that society, particularly online anyway, seems to have become really bad at, which is um, the ability to kind of like somebody but disagree with them or dislike a certain part of them. Yeah. Uh, like it happens all the time. Like I always use for this thing here, what we're talking about, Russell Brand as a good, um, as a good example. Because people go to me, do you like Russell Brand? I'm like, oh yeah, I think he's... I think he's all right, actually. And they go, yeah, but what did you not? Did you not see that he like cheated on Katy Perry like a hundred times or something when he was there? That's probably wrong, by the way. But but did you not? They'll they'll pick out something, and I go, oh yeah, that's quite bad, isn't it? But you just said you liked him. I'm like, yeah, but I don't have to agree with everything that he does just yeah. to kind of like him. Do you know what I mean? I can disagree with people on certain things and or or, or highlight a part of them that they did that I don't agree with or whatever. And still like them. I mean, there's loads of stuff about you that I don't like, but we're good friends. What? What? Tell me. Let's 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 air our laundry <laughs> in public. Nah, um, let's not. I'm joking, um, mate. I'm joking. There's nothing about, about me not to like. Liverpool fan. <laughs> all right, there's one. Um, all right, let me ask you something. I mean, maybe maybe we sort of covered it, but I'm, I'm I, I do want to ask it. Um, why do we hide certain parts of ourselves? Why do you think we do it? Um, again, there's you can't like I could give you the easy answer of fear, right? It's driven by fear of of rejection. I think a lot of it comes back to fear of abandonment, right? So, I think a lot of us have experienced abandonment to some degree, and it's a terrifying feeling when you feel abandoned by somebody of which you seek connection from. So, like we, I believe as human beings, we are wired for connection. So if at any stage of our lives we develop the belief that in and of myself I'm not going to be worthy of your connection, then the fear of abandonment will be enough for me to distort and alter myself rather than um, show up for the abandonment that will come for that, right? Which, which is what makes the kind of movement towards becoming more authentic, very difficult, because often the reason that you lack authenticity is a fear of abandonment. And to become more authentic, you're going to have to face abandonment. That's been my experience, yeah? Mm -hmm. As I become, I think, you, you remember when um, we first started the podcast and I'd done that thing about Boris Johnson online and I got a lot of stick and a few people were like, somebody made a complaint to the charity and all of that stuff. And we had a conversation how I was like, you know, I can't please everyone and I can't be something for everyone. That was like my abandonment issues coming up. But since then, I've been on a journey of like a few people falling away from my kind of circle or my community because I've lent more into being who I really am and realized that people, not everyone's going to like that. So, mm. you know, abandonment lies at the, at the heart of it in, in that way. Like... I think um, that's really true, right? Like abandonment is something that uh, it, it can show up in different ways. Abandonment might be, you know, in the workplace, it might be you're sort of ostracized or you're not, you know, you're not leaned upon if you get it wrong or whatever, you know. So I think that definitely is true. I, you know, I think 
we hide certain parts of ourselves sometimes because we choose to. Mm. Because we don't want to give everything over to the public domain. I know that was true for me. You know, mm. like uh, there's a there's a side that everyone sees, which is genuine, it's authentic, it's, it's heartfelt, it's open, and that's my side. But then you know me very well that there's an intensely private part of me, which I choose. It's not because I'm involuntarily doing it because of fear or abandonment. I just choose to be to hold some of it back. It's such a good, it's such a good point, mate. Because we, uh, we're both very similar on that front, right? Aren't we? In in yeah. terms of like, uh, like our family, for example. I know, like, I do a lot of talking about my wife and children and stuff like that. But you know, when we have a nice weekend or some really nice family moments, I don't share that with people. I, I'll share it with my close friends in conversation when I'm catching up with you on a Monday. What did you do on the weekend or whatever? But but much like yourself, there is, there's, and I think it's very, and social media has kind of ridded this, taken this away, hasn't it? But mm. there's, I, I think there's a lot to be said for having my own, my private life, yeah? My mm. healthy boundaries on, on what is mine and what that I don't wish to share with every Tom, Dick and Harry. So mm. it's such, it's such a good, it's such a good point. And it's often missed out in the, in the push for authenticity when you see it online, isn't it? It's like, yeah. Just show us who you really are. Be authentic. Bring you know, it's true, man. I'd never, I'd never thought of it in that way. Yeah, yeah. Now clever I've, has. <laughs> I, I I tend to hold that uh, back from my own private thoughts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, all right, man. Wicked. So, uh, speaking of inauthentic, what do you what do you make of uh, of uh, Monsieur Donald Trump at the moment? Did 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 is this? Did I pick him over Boris, or was it Boris that I picked over him? Oh, I think you said you'd live with Donald Trump. Yeah, good point. Thanks oh, yeah, for reminding me. I forgot about that. <laughs> tell, tell us about why is your housemate acting all weird? <laughs> uh, because I'll tell you why. Because he's a child of an alcoholic, and every behaviour that he ever exudes, mate, is just textbook child of an alcoholic. If you want the real answer, really? Wow! Look at what he's do, doing now. Do we know what? that his dad was definitely an alcoholic? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. And I, he's teetotal, isn't he? He doesn't drink. Yeah. And he's got he's definitely got narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder. Okay, well that that's not in dispute, mate. You you're not going to win any prizes But for often us that's that. a reaction. That's a reaction by the way to the dysfunction in which he would have grown up in. So so tell us a bit more about why uh why uh Donald Trump's upbringing it, it leads us to today. Whew. Uh, well, look, because if you grow up with an alcoholic father in that way, you tend to, the black and white thinking that he's got is a trauma response, 100%. And the way that we see that on a society level, a societal level is, a, uh, by the way, is a reflection of the traumatized society in which we're living in. So a, a, a discomfort with um, nuance, which is what he kind of really has, yeah. Um, the way in which he kind of, um, so whenever I put stuff out online, there's always the kind of, um, I'll call it trolling or the kickback, because it's not necessarily trolling. I'm talking about people that disagree heavily with the way in which I talk about childhood are often people that have had a difficult childhood, but kind of um, have the narrative of my childhood was difficult. Look at me. It's not affecting me, has it? I'm still doing really well. Do you know what I mean? Right. Mm. And I'm oversimplifying it there, of course, but 
but that kind of what you know you you can't be like you are because I, it, that didn't happen to me and I had the same raising but but it's just a different reaction to it um and you know that narcissistic personality disorder which is different to, by the way in my eyes to being an actual narcissist I'm not sure I don't know Trump well enough although we've lived together since episode two of 150 miles I don't know him well enough to know that if it I know that to know if he's just got severe narcissistic tendencies or if he's an actual narcissist my suspicion is it's the latter uh, look I mean I, I think let's 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 pick up a topic uh in another uh podcast but I think you know it's an interesting spot you just took us down like do should we feel a little bit of pity for him because he had a difficult childhood should we could we point to some of the things that he's doing as a result of his childhood and that's a really difficult topic because he's you know i mean you know obviously there are lots of people who really love and support him and then there are lots of people who don't i'm going to really declare that i'm not someone who really doesn't um mm -hmm. i hate him so um and i know it's your housemate i apologize um, <laughs> um but no let's kind of let's park that one because i don't i don't well, I want to answer it quickly go on then have we got time have you got a lot more yeah yeah yeah. To? We... yeah go on go on look having compassion and understanding for why somebody ended up in a place that they they ended up in you can have a certain amount of that and still highlight that what he's doing is not okay right it's not right and it should be called out and argued against so i don't i'm not in any way a supporter of trump i dislike everything that he's about hugely right um and i recognize where it may have come from but that doesn't okay. that doesn't make it yeah. right the same is true for a lot of a lot a lot of people who do bad things yeah um you could listen, you could go down the route of like how people get radicalized into far right or and or terrorism stuff, right? There's ingredients in there where we could look at their childhood and go, this, 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 and this happened. There's a guy called um an old school therapist called Scott Peck, who wrote a book about how some people are just born evil, right? Mm. Um uh, uh, so there is that. But 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 often we can look at their childhood, but but that doesn't make it okay if i abuse you right just because i've experienced trauma when i was younger it doesn't make it okay yeah no i think i think and we're in nuance there you made is, a really good point you know you can have probably you can have more compassion for the child that they were than the adult that they are today to, yes. to, to, to a degree right that, so yeah. compassion for the for for the difficult moments that they went through because you're innocent you don't ask for it you you know um but then at the, at the, there has to come a point where you have to take accountability and responsibility for your actions you can't necessarily just say that the way that you were nurtured um will always you know, is the reason that you kind of take your actions. yeah you today. can't use it you can't an excuse and understanding is different right and I, on this i always use the example of when you know ant mcpartlin mm. off ant and deck mm. remember when he crashed his car drunk mm. yeah 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 i remember saying on social media at the time i hope he gets the help and support that he needs yeah and somebody commented and said how can you justify what he's done 
And I said, well, I didn't, I'm not justifying what he's done. Yeah, yeah. And I think he should get, at the time, I don't don't remember what he got, but I think he should get the punishment and the consequences of which anybody that's done these actions should get. That is right. And I recognise that this is coming from a problem and help and support is what would really help somebody like him not do it again. Trump is a little bit different. I don't believe her help and support what, would help somebody. Well, like he's him. a little bit different to Ant from Ant and Deck. <laughs> what? I thought they were the same. <laughs> I've never lived with Ant off Ant and Deck. Oh, so I'm okay, not well, sure. yeah. but, but, but but the reason he's different, what I'm highlighting is when it comes to narcissism, a true narc, a true narcissist, my belief is, and I'll sit and discuss this with anyone who wants to discuss it, you'll never change them. You'll never change a true narcissist because they're they're incapable of um, seeing your perspective. Seeing it, yeah, and that's why he might be a true narc. I think he is, mate. Um, anyway, so what do you make of this guy and what he's doing at the moment? What Trump? Yeah. Listen, I think probably the most dangerous thing is that he might win. He might win the election because of the fact that he's he he's trying to purport that he has beaten COVID, or just because he might win. Not, not particularly because the because, but but I think that politicians we often and I'm very good at this blaming politics for everything, blaming politicians for what's going on. But actually, normally, and I saw Simon Sinek talking about this recently with think, Richard Branson. The, yes, the, with Richard yeah, Branson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and, and I thought he, he, you know, he sort of called me out a little bit on it, where he said that it's a, a reflection of what did he society. say? It's a reflection. Well, what, you know. Politicians are just reflecting the division in society, is what he was saying. We are divided. And so politicians just basically leverage that to get into power. So it's not that they don't necessarily create it. I mean, you could argue a little bit that they whip it up for for personal benefit, you know, but... um, You could argue it very well that they do. Yeah, but there's there's a point there that... um, that it's just reflecting what's what is society. But so, but, but to uh, to bring it back to what you're asking me about Trump, what he's doing with what's just gone on with COVID, I think it's I think it's incredible. Like you'd get fined like ten grand over here for doing what he's just done this morning, wouldn't you? You seen yeah, what well, he done today? Yeah, yeah? that's yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, well, everything really, like you know, going for his little motorcade and meet and greet, and you know, and putting. But people- he's been out today. You seen that? On he's his balcony, fist bumping people, and oh, I didn't see that. When was and that? he's still contagious, mate. He's literally been out to, and then so he's gone back to the White House and gone up the stairs and took his mask off. He's uh, uh, look, according to Sky News, he's still contagious, and yeah. he's out and about fist bumping people well, and that. Well, this is the thing: no one really <laughs> knows. No one really knows. Like someone was saying, why would you believe anything that's coming out of the White House right now? Because there's sort of there's 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 been a, a just a, a you know a stream of inherent untruths. So why does suddenly now become the moment where that administration is telling the truth about everything? Well, we he's come know. out, and he's come out, and Trump's come out today, and he said, "Go on with your lives." I'm not going to try and do an impression of him. Fight the virus. No, go on. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, don't. don't. <laughs> I was going to try that. If you if uh, you did your authentic uh, Trump impression, we'd lose a lot of listeners. So. Uh. <laughs> But he's come so, out and he said, uh, don't worry about the virus. Just go about it. Fight it. There's nothing to worry about. Um, he he didn't use the word imminent, but he said that the momentarily, I think he said, the, the vaccine is coming out momentarily. It's, mm-hmm. it's nearly there. One of the best. 
It's the best in the world. You're, the you're, world. you're sort of I'm doing that Joey Barton, aren't you, thing? That sort of I'm speaking. I'm limping into yeah, to, yeah. To doing my Trump impression. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, mate, I think it's... Uh, it, it For me, he's become so bizarre. And look, really, I think like 200,000 people have died in America as a result of mm. COVID so far. Mm. So there's a very serious side to it. But it, to me, he's become laughable. But the the most worrying thing is that He's very, very supported, mate. I mean, I think uh, it's again, it's it, you know, it's interesting. We talk about authenticity because I think there are a lot of people, um, as 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 got proven last time when Hillary was winning in the polls and obviously won the popular vote but lost the electoral college votes. Um, that there is a lot of people that you know might say one thing publicly but do another thing behind closed doors, and that happens yeah. a lot with voting. Not just over there, happens here as well. There's a lot of people that kind of, you know, you know, said that they were kind of liberal, pro-European. I imagine a lot of them voted uh, to to do Brexit, and uh, and so I think uh, you know it happens a lot. You know, there's sort of a fear of being you know of of of, of saying what you truly truly think and 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 believe because of this kind of crowd mentality. You know, of you know if if you if you have a wrong view um, that doesn't sit right, you sort of you're quiet about it. Do you reckon he'd get in over here? They say that he was the leader of the Conservatives. He'd probably be more UKIP, wouldn't he, over here? But just say he was, do you think he would get in? Yeah, he would. Because, I mean, when you say him, I think you mean a ver- the, the version of him over here, right? Because, like, I don't think he would get in over here because uh, he just, you know, we're too well, small Well, no, not him. the version of him. The version of him is just Boris Johnson. No, nah, well, that's it. That's, that's and he's it. in. So, so would if Trump come over here and said, "I'm gonna no, gonna try to go, on. no, no go okay. on. it was just gonna be Ross Kemp again." Yeah, <laughs> I'm going in, I'm going in to the UK. Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. My reasons to be cheerful is going to be the fact that Trump's not coming over here to be voted yeah. in. <laughs> well, nice segue. Reasons to be cheerful, mate. We've uh, been in the game a while now. We've been in yeah. the game a while now for segues yeah. like that. Yeah, um, I I think we definitely need some good reasons to be cheerful with everything that's going on. Um, so you go first today, mate. Mine is always always just about me, right? So I don't. I, I, I don't you knock. I, I don't. <laughs> mine's just the personality disorder, though. I'm not an actual knock. Okay. Uh, mine is uh, very. It's it's all about me. And it is the fact that uh, it's sexy sauna return. Good, good title, man. <laughs> good title. Bit weird, but you know, it's getting better. So, uh, genuinely, on a quite serious note, I've for the past up until we went into lockdown, I always done my meditation in the sauna. And I don't know why the heat, something like that. It, I'd have my headphones on in there, and it was really worked for me <laughs> why are you laughing what's funny about that oh, I don't know just meditating in the sauna <laughs> yeah anyway right, sorry anyway. I, sorry I've ruined your moment sorry I Come found on. out at the gym that the sauna's back open today and you can book in and you're allowed in there with one other person um, but but it uh, genuinely as, as kind of uh, semi-joking as that is it is a quite a big thing for me 
the sauna being back open, it was a huge part of my routine and I've not fully been able to replace it because it's just not the same uh, as being in the sauna. So um, what did I call it? Sexy sauna return. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a, a movie that you want to hide from the internet that you made once. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, well, thanks for that, Josh. No, no, on a serious note, I think you talk, you talk a lot about um, what the role that routine plays in your life, and actually, yeah. uh, how how important it's been to your recovery and your ongoing recovery and your growth. And you know, when it's yanked out of your control, it sort of can leave you discombobulated, right? Because it's, yeah. it's something you've really worked on over time. So yeah. no, no, I get that, man. No, wicked, good for you. Who's the other person that you're gonna sauna with? <laughs> well you, you don't get to choose mate all oh, right just a random it's just a yeah. random yeah and sometimes they want to talk to you nah you gotta give, got you gotta give that in, mate. you gotta give that uh don't talk to me uh body language vibe well you would think having your headphones in with your eyes shut's enough but it's not for some people uh, well maybe you just gotta wear a little sign on your forehead saying do not talk to me <laughs> um all right mate my reason to be cheerful is the maverick manager's toolkit so yes. uh, yeah so uh it, you know as you know this is something that uh, me and the me and, me and the team have been working on for several months it's been a lot of hard work um you know we basically you know filmed edited built this um uh this digital training program uh over lockdown um and yeah, we finished it last week and I'm really proud of it and I'm really proud of what we've done and I'm really looking forward to kind of taking it to the next phase. But uh, it's just, I think it's just a sense of achievement of kind of having an idea, working really hard to kind of get it, you know, out um, and ready and then being really proud of the end product. So that's my reason to be cheerful this week. And it's a good one, mate. It's a good one. I'm looking forward to seeing where you go with it because I know how much effort you've put into it. I know how good it will be uh, because I know how good your, your team is. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've got access to it. I'm looking forward to giving it a blast as well myself. So, And I can see the smile and the light in your eyes, Hass, when you talk about it. Genuinely, can, yeah. I can, which is, yeah. um, you know, which is good, which is good. Yeah, it's, so, not, it, it's nice, mate. It's, um, it's, I think the main thing is, is, is I guess it's a it's a lesson that if you kind of if you have a if you have an idea if you have a plan around it everything's possible you know yeah. whether it's creating something or wanting to do something different in your life um, you know feel 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 a lot of energy around um, seeing something through to kind of to completion which is one of the reasons one of the other reasons we started this podcast as well so what a what a what a way to bring episode well, I don't know what it is is this fifteen is it sixteen Maybe. Don't know, mate. Um, but yeah, we keep moving, mate. I, I've really enjoyed this this conversation around. You know, it's one of my things, isn't it? Authenticity. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing it to the table, my man. Um, my pleasure, mate. Yeah, the, this has been a great conversation, and you know, one of the ones I've been wanting to have for a while, and uh, uh, I think it was a good one. Yeah, and just lastly to say, I think you've done really well to get through 52 minutes without bringing up the fact that Liverpool got beat 7-2 by Aston Villa. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, it's been a great episode. Come and join us at 115 Miles Pod on Instagram. 
um, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kai. Yeah.